Good morning, Internet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Internet Movie Firearms Podcast. And I am your host, Dr. Gary, resident movie and firearm enthusiast. And as I always say, I am not an expert and these are just my opinions. So go ahead and get yourselves a second one. Do I have an episode for you today? Um, I'm going off of what I did previously, uh, the fireside chat, if you will. I know, a little cliche, a little played out, a little unoriginal, but they are kind of my uh, rambling, ranting episodes. And and honestly, the last one I did did better than I thought as far as uh, the algorithm. So we'll see if that's just a curiosity fluke or if that's something that I need to keep doing. Um, so on these episodes, I just kind of ramble and rant about a couple different things and, uh, I have a couple ideas for topics. And again, this is all off the top of my head. So don't take any of this as scholarly or academic, anything like that. Um, so the last fireside chat, this is going to be a continuation of that one. And I don't, I'm not going to do that every time, but this one will be, um, I chatted about downsizing, uh, downsizing my firearms collection and, and kind of going uh, quality over quantity. So downsizing my farm collection and, and my gear and kind of uh, downsizing my car collection and, and getting something new because of life changes. Um, you know, if last episode was quality over quantity, this episode is going to be more like indecision and not knowing. <laughs> um, so last episode, uh, kind of harkening back to that, I, I talked about a gun that I wanted to build, kind of like getting rid of some more budget options and building like a mid-ish tier AR-15 using like a fax and barrel Midwest industry parts, um, using a spikes upper, arrow lower, some BCM stuff. And uh, I think CMMM, CMMG um, is who I would be using for lower parts kits because I think I got a couple of those laying around. So um Decent quality stuff, right? And and five five six, it'd actually be two twenty three wild. Well, I've kind of been thinking about not going that way. I almost ordered all the parts I needed, and then I started thinking more about some other stuff. Um, and then I also last episode talked about the truck and trying to get that Ford Ranger Tremor edition up here in Alaska, because it's the only truck I can get um, that is close to you know uh, that's at or below MSRP that's not added $10,000 because of the uh, post-COVID industrial slump. So a lot of that stuff has changed um, since I last chatted with everyone. So I figured I'll do an update on that. So let's talk about the AR I built or wanted to build. So last episode I chatted about using a 16-inch 5.56 barrel from Faxon, the gunner barrel. So kind of like a lightweight profile barrel. Um, with some other kind of like decent parts, making a all around general good use rifle. That's very lightweight. Um, and I still think that form factor is good, but so I'm in Alaska and I want to talk about hunting with ARs. So using an AR 15 as a platform to hunt with. Um, and because my computer sucks and my internet is awful, I can't actually, it's fighting me today. I can't even load Google Chrome, so I'll, I'm going to be trying to use my phone to look up some um, energy figures probably as I go along. But kind of talking about using an AR platform to hunt. So in Alaska, uh, where I live, you can hunt You can hunt with a semi-automatic. 
uh, rifle and or pistol. So in any AR configuration I really want to, I can. And there really isn't any caliber restrictions uh, as far as I can find in the regs. The regs basically say you need to have something that's appropriate and they kind of make recommendations on bullet choice. Um, I do know of someone who used like a 6.5 Grendel to shoot a brown bear. Not be Wouldn't be my first choice. Um, and I do know people who use, especially the mini 14s, um, up north in the villages and have used those to great effect for caribou and, um, polar bear protection. And also people use 22s for caribou. Um, there's this practice that's done and I think it's mostly by, in, uh, by the natives in, um, the villages in, uh, natives in Alaska kind of have a different rule set in some things. I'm not an expert on this, so don't quote me on it. And a lot of people use, um, when the caribou are migrating and they're swimming, they have their boats and canoes and rafts and stuff like that, and they just wait for them to get in the water, and they drive up right next to them, and they shoot them in the head with a 22, throw a lasso around them and pull them to shore, and that's how they get their food for the year. Um, not really fair chase uh, hunting, because that's not the point of it. It's a grocery trip. For the, for the people who live out those places. So it sounds barbaric on the surface, but when you realize like this is not sport hunting, this is grocery shopping, um, it makes a lot more sense. So yeah, uh, different calibers people can use up here. So I could use an AR-15 to hunt. Um, and uh, full disclosure, I do have a 450 Bushmaster AR-15 that I built-ish, I should say assembled. Um, it was a labor of love. I used some budget parts, some leftover parts that I had. Um, I used a very cheap Bear Creek Arsenal side-charging upper, fought with me forever. I ended up having to drill out the gas hole bigger. Um, now it runs great. great. Excuse me. Um, I forget the dimensions I had to drill it out, but uh, it was very under-gassed, and I was trying to mess with buffers and, and all this other stuff to get it to run right before I was like, forget it, I'm getting the power drill out. I'm not sending it back to them. You know, this is a $200 upper. I don't care if I screw it up. Um, drilled it out one size bigger on my drill press, and it worked perfectly. Um, and it, it drilled nicely. So I do have a 450 Bushmaster, which would be something for like big game would be a nice AR 15 to use for hunting, um, for something like moose close range, um, 450 Bushmaster in an AR platform. Um, I think I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but I'll finish this up and kind of jump back. So 450 Bushmaster in an AR platform kind of has like the same energy, same ballistic profile as something like a 4570. Now, 4570s can be hot-loaded. Um, so you have, like, your old black powder 4570, and that's kind of where the number, the, the name of the round 4570 came from. 45 caliber, 70 grains of black powder. Um, so you have your old, like, 1800s 4570 rounds, which are, you know, they used them for buffalo, but they, you think black powder muzzle loader energies. You know, you're, you're not, it's packing a punch, but it's not a huge wallop. Um, and then you have a kind of more modern 45 standard pressure smokeless powder 4570 rounds, which are pretty good. I know a lot of people use them for deer. People used to use them for other animals. I mean, uh, they can take up big game up to moose and things like that. And then you have like the supercharged 4570, the super hot 4570. Um, and if you look at the reloading manuals, there's actually two different types for that. Uh, actually, I should probably get my reloading manual for this and so I don't have to pull out my phone. Um, I'm going to pause this. I'll be right back. Alrighty, I'm back with the Hornady Reloading, uh, the 10th edition manual. Um, I have the Nozzler, I think it's Nozzler 1-2. I didn't end up reloading, so I'm not a reloader, but I do have the manuals. Um, 
And where did he list it? 4570 as, I think, the Marlin loads and then also the Ruger only loads. So these are even more potent than, um, than the mod. So you, basically, there's four power levels of 4570. And oh, it doesn't have energy data in here, it just speeds, I think. Some crazy velocities, though. Um, and reloaders are all about velocity, which, you know, kind of is important, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Yeah, so it goes from, like, the Ruger loads have 50,000. What is that? That, meta, that unit of pressure. Not PSI, is it? I forget what CUP stands for. It's always in reloading. I don't know. Whatever. So, 450 Bushmaster can kind of mimic the standard pressures. Maybe a little bit above standard pressure 4570 loads. So, definitely a great round, especially in an AR-15. Uh, they have them in bolt guns now. Um, so, you know, if you buy some of, like, the Buffalo Bore Underwood 4570, I mean, those are going to trounce uh, 450 Bushmaster. But if you go to, like, Walmart and you buy Remington Green Box ammo for your 4570... Um, 450 Bushmaster would be packed a little bit more punch. So I do have one of those, and that's kind of my, um, you know, in the summertime when I keep my dog out on his leash in the yard, um, on his lead, I'll keep that by the door just in case, like, a bear or something walks by and tries to turn him into a snack. Um, yeah, it's a slick little package, so I do have that for hunting in Alaska. But let's kind of go back to the AR-15. So the AR-15 is generally standard, um, you know, it's the standard issue military rifle for the United States since... Vietnam, and it shoots the 5.56, um, also known as, you know, 5.56 millimeter, so 5.56 by 4.5 millimeter, or also known as, in Imperial units, the 223. Um, and there's some slight differences, and I'm not going to get into those, but generally the same. For all intents and purposes, the same cartridge. And then it became so popular over the years, and because it's very easy to manufacture, very easy to adapt and change, a bunch of different calibers, and I should say rounds, have come out to chamber uh, in AR-15 platforms. Um, some of them are very easy conversions, some of them more difficult conversions. So, for example, and there's like a lot of Wildcats. Um, in, in the gun world, Wildcats are kind of like... Uh, not a popular round. So a Wildcat would be like a home brew. I'm going to make my own in my own laboratory kind of thing. Like not a popular mainstream, something you find at the store, but people use them. So like a lot of competition shooters will use Wildcats. So I'm not really going to get into too many Wildcats because the possibilities are kind of endless when it comes to that. But so you had the 5.56 was the original. Um, and I want to say probably the next most popular one would be the 7.62 by 39 which is the um, 30 caliber intermediate cartridge that the AK-47, the SKS, you know, it's a Russian round um, that they shoot. And AR-15s were kind of adapted to shoot that round as well. And you had to change the bolt. You have to use a different magazine, different barrel. Uh, the gas system has to be slightly different, maybe different buffer. You have to change quite a bit for it, and they can be really picky. You have to use specialty parts for it. Um, but something similar to that is what came out was known as the 300 Whisper. Um, now it's known as a 300 blackout and it really is just a 5.56 cartridge and the brass was necked out and it put a 30 caliber bullet into it. And there's a little bit more that goes into it than that, but all you have to do is swap the barrel and, and 
that's about it. Um, you can use the same 5.56 bolts. You can use the same 5.56 magazines. Everything can be pretty much the same thing. So all you have to do is swatch the, swap the barrel. And even the gas system should be pretty similar for 300 blackout. So that's a way to get like, okay, I want a 30 caliber round coming out of my AR-15 instead of a 22 caliber round. Um, normally that's really good for suppression, the 300 blackout. But then there's a couple other like moderately popular Wildcats. Like there's the 25-45 Sharps, which is a... Tw- uh, 5.56 necked up to 25 caliber. Um, then there's the 6.8 SPC uh, 2 round, and so it's a 6.8 millimeter, and the brass is a little bit fatter as well than the 5.56. So that that's a pretty potent round um, used for like medium game hunting, uh, a little bit more punch, a little bit more weight behind the bull, a little bit more energy. Um, I think the velocities are pretty similar to 5.56, but... Uh, military looked at using those. Um, then you have the 6.5 Grendel, which is, I have one of those. It's it's really good for long-range shooting in an AR platform. Um, it's based on, loosely based on the 7.62 by 39 round, necked down to 6.5 millimeter, which, in physics-wise, with what technology we have now, 6.5 seems to be the sweet spot for, like, getting a lot of velocity, having a lot of bullet weight resisting the wind going far so that's kind of why like 6.5 Grendel 6.5 Creedmoor um 6.5 has kind of been like a really good really good uh uh diameter of a, a bullet um at least at least in, in physics terms um and then you have some big bores too you have 450 Bushmaster which I already talked about uh 458 SOCOM um 50 beowulf which is a 50 cow and it's really fat i think there's also a term it's like 12.7 by 48 or 52 or something um because 50 beowulf is i think copywritten the term so people kind of use a metric way to designate it um just like most things uh, the naming of calibers can be a little tricky and some of them are in standard or imperial i think it's imperial um you know, caliber in inches. So it's like point five, like point two two three is point two two. Um, it's two tenths of an inch, right? It's point two two three inches fat, uh, and then five five six is five point five six millimeters fat. So millimeters to inches is is kind of like where the caliber conversions come from. So um, I'm ranting, but basically, when it comes to hunting with an AR, like there's plenty of possibilities, and there's definitely more that I'm missing right now. But the big ones I think are like five five six, um, three hundred blackout, seven six two by thirty nine, six five Grendel, six point eight, uh, and then the big boars. You have the four fifty, four fifty eight, or five hundred or fifty Beowulf. I think are the most popular, and there's uh, like the two two four Valkyrie, and then there's like a two seven seven Wolverine. Uh, I already mentioned the twenty five forty five sharps. Uh, there's a couple other oddballs thrown in there. So when I was talking about that rifle that I wanted to build, the B, not the be all end all, but like a very good jack of all trades rifle. I was like, well, I can use it for blacktail hunting. Um, maybe caribou. Um, having said that, I do have a six five Grendel AR that's like on the heavy side. I use it for target shooting. Um, I really wouldn't want to hike around with it too much, and it's a it's a nice, it's like a pretty rifle. It's not one that I would want to throw in the boat and get beat up and drop off a mountain and stuff like that. Um, and I do have a 6.5 Creedmoor uh, Mossberg Patriot real cheap that I won off on an um, raffle. And then I put a cheap, it's a Redfield, so it's a Leupold knockoff scope on it. I got for $50 on clearance, which was a steal. So realistically, I have a Mossberg Patriot with a Redfield scope for like 50 bucks into it. And 
that's for a pretty stellar package for a cheap budget gun that I don't care about. Um, so it's not like I don't have options. So I was thinking, well, you know, Caribou, I can use my Creedmoor or my Grendel. And for Moose, I can use my 450 Bushmaster or my 338 bolt action Ruger rifle. Um, but I was like, you know, for Blacktail, I could use a 5.56. It'd be nice to have like that ultralight one because Blacktail deer in Alaska, you kind of go to an island and you hunt them in the thicket, and they're fast, and you have to do quick shots. Um, my uncle was kind of joking that a lot of people take AK-47s because, you know, you can just aim quick and pop off around, and they run, and, you know, the the deer run and the, the rifle run. So I was thinking, oh, it would be nice to use that rifle. But then I was thinking, you know, even more compact in a gun that I already have the caliber for, or I already have the ammunition for, a uh, 6.5 Grendel, a 12.5-inch barrel. Um Oh, sorry, that's my computer making noises. My other computer. This computer sucks so much, I, I, I'm running two computers right now. Um, sorry. ADD. So, um, thought about running a 12.5-inch barreled 6.5 Creedmoor. And with an AR, I can kind of break it down in half and keep it in a backpack whenever I'm trying to traverse to get to, you know, um, the areas where you blacktail hunt on these islands that you kind of, you know, think amphibious. <laughs> <laughs> amphibious hunting, amphibious assault with a lot of rain and mountains and brush and bad weather. And it, it's not your usual lower 48 hunting where it's like I drive my truck to the deer stand and I hang out. So I was thinking, you know, better than an ultralight 5.56, maybe a relatively light 6.5 Grendel pistol. So an AR pistol, 12 inch barrel, have a brace on it, still have like a light, you know, Leopold um, optic for. for Oh, sorry. My wife's home. I'm going to pause this. Already, I'm back. Sorry. The wife got home from work, had to say hi. Um, I forget where I was, but basically, I think somewhere talking about Grendel verse 5.56, so don't mind this sound real quick. So, 6.5 Grendel, pretty good round. already have components for it. Um, have components for 5.56, so I don't really want to get into 300 Blackout, which uh, I have experience with. I just don't currently have a lot of uh, quote-unquote kit for it, um, and I already have a 450 Bushmaster that would work for something like Moose and Caribou at, like, you know, 150 yards. So, you know, amphibious uh, blacktail hunting. Like, is it worth maybe doing a 6.5 Grendel pistol? Um, because 6.5 Grendel, energy-wise, out of a 12-inch barrel still is has enough velocity to expand most bullets out to th over 300 yards still has um has more muzzle energy at 12 inches than a 556 has at a 20 inch barrel um it's a pretty stellar round with good ballistics so i mean it would do well on a it would pr be perfectly fine uh, probably one of the best rounds for blacktail deer because um, blacktail deer aren't very big but 5.56 should do it good with a proper round, too. So I'm kind of just, I don't know, looking at that, and I'll probably still go 5.56. So, yeah, when it comes to, you know, hunting medium to big game with, with an AR, there's plenty of options, and it really is going to depend on the usual shot placement. Um, it's going to depend on bullet construction and bullet choice and making sure that you have good rounds. Um, because people are doing a lot with... I do know someone who killed a moose with a 5.56. Um you know, I think the world record uh, brown bear was killed by a native woman um, who climbed a tree, uh, running from a brown bear and, and shot it with I think like a twenty-two or a twenty-two hornet, something like that. So I mean, 
Not saying that that's ideal and or ethical and or safe, but you can get away with it. So that's kind of my rant on hunting with a 5.56 and where I am. Again, kind of going on the thread of indecision now. You know, I was kind of set on a 5.56. Now I'm thinking maybe 6.5 Grendel would be a nice um, little backpacking 300-yard blacktail gun. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I'd be gaining much by going there. I think a 16-inch 5.56 is probably still going to be the way to go. Um, but Aim Surplus's website was down for updates. So... Kind of haven't ordered everything and kind of delayed my ordering process there for a second. So let's talk uh, indecision with the truck a little bit. Uh, last episode I mentioned that I have, because of these uh, bizarre times on uh, the post-COVID, well, still COVID, but post-COVID industrial slump, you can't get cars. So, you know, rental cars are going for $400 a day, um... Lightly used car prices have jumped, I kid you not, over $10,000. Um, experts are saying that things probably won't stabilize till 2023 to 2025 with chip shortages and manufacturing shortages and um, just you can't catch up. Um, the butterfly effect, if you will, of all the lockdowns and, and things like that. So I was looking at getting a brand new truck only because I can kind of get some of them if they haven't reached the shores of Alaska yet, I can probably get them for MSRP, which is about what you were going to pay for a 4x4 in Alaska anyway. Um, so a lot of people do fly down to lower 48, buy a truck, and drive it up. I, I just don't have that ability to do that or ship it up. Um, but you kind of lose that profit margin that you make by coming down, getting it up there with time and money and, and all that. So, yeah, uh, put money down on a Ford Ranger Tremor because it was the only thing I can get in, and it was the same price as used base model rangers that they have up here you know year old ranger base model well not base model but an fx4 um so it's like well i might as well get the tremor package brand new for the same price and just wait a couple weeks for it to come in so kind of how it works um chatting about like the the truck and car market in alaska right now um what they allow you to do is if i see something on the website that says in transit that means that it hasn't reached alaskan shores yet and what the one dealership that i'm going through is allowing me to do is if i put a 500 dollar refundable deposit down on it they will take the the truck off the website and whenever it arrives i get first shot at it and i get to look at it and all that and if i don't like it i get my money back um pretty it really works out in my favor because there's no risk it basically just holds it for me um the only issue is is it's not a guarantee um and i've heard of people in pennsylvania new jersey um, putting money, doing the same thing, uh, similar to that, like putting money down on something and, and on like the new Broncos because they're in such demand. And then whenever they're kind of doing that, you know, when it, once it arrives, they have to take it into the shop, do inspections, assemble some things, take the plastics off of stuff, you know, go through a kind of a, a couple testing things to make sure that they can sell it. And somebody may walk up and say, oh, I want that Bronco. Those are hard to get. I'll, buy, I'll pay you more cash. I'll pay you in cash more than what they already offered. And they'll sell it out from underneath you. And that's the only thing that kind of concerns me because the, the Tremor is kind of an, a premium off-road, in-demand-ish vehicle. So I'm worried that I've been secretly driving up to the dealership and doing cruises around it to see see if my blue, electric blue um, Tremor has arrived. That way I can... If they try to tell me, oh, it hasn't hit, it hasn't arrived yet, and be like, nope, I saw it, and you, you just sold it, you know, under out from underneath me. So that's the one thing I am worried about there. But yeah, it's kind of the market that that we're in. So as of now, 
I did uh, liquidate some things from my collection, not as much as I would want to, but I, I did sell some things, and I'm deciding whether I want to go 5.56 or 6.5 Grendel, and haven't gotten my truck yet because it isn't here. So, I think that's a good enough rant for now. I think I might kind of stop this and do another rant on, uh, yeah, let's do it now anyway. No, I'm not in the mood. Um, we're kind of talking about like the Ford Ranger versus the Tacoma and the full size truck. And I already touched on it on my last rant. So I'm not going to go on that yet. I, I think that's good enough. I think I'm rambling enough. So, um, I think that's all for today on this fireside chat. Um, once again, this is Dr. Gary uh, signing off, and here on the internet we're practicing our First Amendment to practice our Second Amendment. Um, I hope y'all have a good one, and I will be ranting at y'all later. Adios.